of Victor. That's where there was a little bit more significant icing than other areas. So those are two uh, problematic zones when we throw in the higher winds uh, into the region tonight into tomorrow morning. So we're extending the yellow alert with our threat tracker through tonight, Friday morning uh, to cover that issue. So the rest of today, just some minor amounts. It's a little light freezing drizzle, a couple of flurries out there, a little sleet or snow shower into tonight. The, the bigger concern will be the wind. With those icy tree limbs, some of those could break, leading to those power outages. And I want to show you the wind forecast real quick. Once we get through the icy cold temperatures out there, only in the 20s right now. That's why where it's icy, it's staying icy. We might add a little shower of sleet or wet snow. But you can see as we go through tonight, so after 8, 9 o'clock, midnight, 1 a.m., gust 30, could see a few gusts close to 40 into tomorrow morning. So that is the concern, that period of higher winds overnight tonight, first thing tomorrow. Lynette? All right. Thanks, Rich. Now let's turn to meteorologist Alex Bielfeld. He's live on Cullen's Run in Pittsburgh. Alex, any sign of the storm damage or power outages there? Well, Lynette, uh, reports are showing that entire Cullen's run is out of power right now. As you can see behind me, that power crews are working to restore power at this moment. The last that I checked, was, which was about five minutes ago, RG&E is still reporting over 2,000 outages across the area early this afternoon. And that's all thanks to that ice. And just like Rich mentioned, the important thing going forward is really not additional ice or additional snow. It's going to be the ice that's going to stick around throughout the day today and then those winds kicking in late tonight. So that extra weight added to those power lines is going to be a problem as we go forward through today. So let's get a look at how much weight. Winter adventures are yours in safety and luxury in your new ride from Victor Chevrolet. Check out these greatly special. Get the all-weather capability of a 2022 Chevy Silverado LT Crew Cab for just $389 a month for 36 months. Must have a 2018 or newer Chevrolet lease in household. Residual price $35,842. Total of payments $13,896. 10,000 miles per year. Or the 2023 Chevy Equinox All-Wheel Drive LS. Only $229 a month for 27 months. Must have a 2018 or newer lease in household residual price 19552 total of payments 6183 10000 miles per year these deals require $3500 down first payment at DMV at closing get more details at dealer and don't forget Victor Chevrolet has an unbeatable pre-owned selection whether you drive a Chevy or not trust your vehicle to our Chevy certified service department come see how easy it is to do business with us find new roads at Victor Chevrolet Route 96 and Victor visit victorchevrolet.com Here's the latest forecast from the News 10 NBC Weather Center for today. A little bit of an icy start with some freezing drizzle and some light freezing rain out there. That'll taper off to just some flurries, a couple of little sprinkles this afternoon. Watch for some slick spots, though, early today. Temps will stay in the low 30s. Tonight, a few snow showers turning a little windy. Could be a dusting to an inch in the teens. And on Friday, a cold day near 20 with some snowflakes. I'm Rich Canelia, WYSL. WYSL. There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the new world order. Welcome. 
All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh, and we're here with Jim Price. Jim, how are we doing today? Yes, sir. Doing good, doing good. Warm day here in the south, uh, East Tennessee. It's been good. So, not too oh, well, bad. Not you. like uh, some parts of uh, what Dakotas and stuff are negative 14 today. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the temperature is, but uh, there's a foot and a half of snow that I had to go plow. And uh, what? It took me about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. It was fun stuff. Wow. Well, what is it? Uh, for every foot of snow, it's like three inches of rain. Is that right? Is that the ratio? Depending well, on the I, snowpack. I don't but... know. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So that's good. That's good for the water. Water. We got to. We got to rent some stuff down there in Ohio. Anyway, we got to. We got. We got some problems. Looks like uh, Cleveland's already losing fish in their area. Oh so, yeah. Oh, that's not good. That's that's, that's not a, good. Yeah. Well, today yeah. I, th- I thought we were going to talk about uh, something you mentioned yesterday, the, the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's up with the World's Fair, Jim? Well, the idea that we had the, the ability to, to create these, you know, tens of hundreds of acre facilities, these facades, these buildings, these full stone structures, some of them housed up to what is, it, you know, 300,000 people or 100,000 people. Uh, you know, enough hotel rooms to, you know, blah, 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 all these different things. And then for some reason within like, we take two years to build these up. And then in like two weeks, we just implode it with dynamite and all these other things. So the thing is, is like people like accepted that is that that's just normal. But we have state fairs across our country that have fairgrounds that we go back and put rides up and we show our cows and sheep and the horses and all this stuff. And we leave these up year round over and over again. But these huge monuments to technology and these all these different abilities of human experience, we decided that we're going to build these up with these huge statues, these 60-foot gold statues, that, and then just tear them all down. Um, to me, that stinks of cover-up. It stinks of you know eliminating the technologies and the history that we really have. And it goes to the idea that you know we've been lied to exponentially over and over again, and this is that. So we go back and we have to discover what it was, why were they covering us up, and what civilizations were these really, where Chicago, St. Louis, Paris, all these different places had these amazing... Why is it they didn't tear down the Arc de Triomphe after a while? I mean, that's just a monument that they had there for a minute. Why don't we just tear it down in a couple of years? But this... So that's kind of the preface of the whole conversation, and it's, and it's miles deep after that. Well, I, I don't know that the whole history of the World's Fair... Uh, but I do know if you go back to like the 1893 uh, Chicago World's Fair, mm-hmm. they built intricate, intricate buildings. I mean, right. it looked like ancient Rome in this right. whole area that they built it up in. And these buildings are phenomenal. They built waterways. It, it was yeah. absolutely phenomenal. And, and here's the kicker. Is right after it was done, they took dynamite and blew it all up. This makes no sense. I mean, right. And here's the thing: is they built it rather fast too. Right. Uh, and as a guy that's been in construction for you know over three decades, almost four decades, uh, the the ability to carve stone. Let's say if I let's say, hey Josh, I want to make you a nice little stone home. Let's say it's just two thousand square feet, and I wanted to do. I wanted to have it all out of stone with lentils, which is the piece that goes over the top and windowsills and they're all carved in angles and do all these different things it would probably take me a year to two years to get all the stone sourced cut and shipped to the location where you want me to build your 2,000 square foot home 
Now, and that's if I got masons that are able to actually be able to do this. Stone masons aren't just readily available everywhere. And the fact that if I'm going to pull them away to have this project, it'd probably take us a year to build your home, at least just the stone portion of it. So to say that we went and we built all these monuments and these things and where people, there was the, the reports of the two mile long re, uh, rolling or moving boardwalk that was six feet wide where people could just get on and get off at any given time. It was just a moving sidewalk that went for two miles. And then there was an additional sidewalk just next to it that went faster than that. And to say that we had this technology back then that was readily available back in the eight, late 1800s, and yet we really didn't have cars, we, but you know, we had electric cars. There was more electric cars in 1900 than there were gas-powered cars. But yet we had roving sidewalks that were able to do these things unstopped with no matter how many people were on it or not on it, it continued to move the exact same speed. But then you go to the, why was there uh, entire buildings for incubating babies, showing people how babies were incubated? There's this this causes into question no different than the questions that we're having now with the with the fallacies of the UFOs the the balloons the uh, you know the different things that we're having around our world these false flags these false things why what were they erasing what were they getting rid of what did they not want us to know about and why did they want to dumb us down to where we really didn't understand where our past was uh, all about or how they built those technologies so. This is interesting because you you mentioned a lot of stuff there. You mentioned incubators. For anybody who doesn't know this, what I would like you to do is you go to Google and type up World Fair Baby Incubators. (laughs) And images will come up of displays at the World Fair of baby Mm -hmm. incubators with babies actually in them. Mm -hmm. And this is just odd. Like... You, you see baby incubators with living babies, as in babies were a rare commodity during that time. Like, there is a hard time with babies. So one of the things that I've noticed, Jim, and, and this is kind of interesting, is, um, th- you know, in the, the 1900s, there was a lot of controversy over blood types uh, when we started realizing what blood types were and so forth, right? Right. RH that, factors. When you had an RH like factor, Right is that two yeah. RH factors couldn't have a child together. The first one would actually... We well, used to have one. to get a blood test before you get married, remember? Well, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing that I don't understand about this, because I've actually looked into this, mm-hmm. is why was that only a problem in the 1900s? If you go yeah. back into the medical literature, nobody talks about this. Nobody ever right. mentions it. I mean, wouldn't you, yeah. wouldn't you like notice that hey, the first baby that's being born in a, a certain area, um, and uh, the or the first child of a mother always dies? W- wouldn't that be like a medical mystery? Like, no, no, yeah. no, not until the 1900s did anybody notice it or mention it. At the same time, when we have these baby incubators at the World Fair, we have uh, these these immaculate cities being built up, and I mean, they were cities being built up and then just torn down. Now, it's interesting, too, because have you ever seen pictures of San Francisco when um, the settlers got there? Yeah. Yeah, there's... Yeah, well, that... Yeah, there's a lot of things that we... That photographs... Why are all the... Oh, this is... I'm I'm just going to top off on this. Why are always the backgrounds, like the skylines, always without clouds or without color? 
to go along with the San Francisco photos or the Seattle photos. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this well, is this is the part of this where we're. I think, I, Josh. Okay, Josh. This is the this is the problem. We're we're talking about this, but why? What are they hiding, or why are they hiding it? Well, I agree. Now, there's actually reports from the first settlers who arrived in San Francisco mm-hmm. of a thriving metropolis, a massive city that was there. Did did mm-hmm. you ever hear about this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a. This goes back to the mud flood things. This goes mm-hmm. back to where they were unearthing buildings that were already there that were silted in, and they found existing structures. But then they found out that the structures went down three and four stories below what they walked up to. Right. I mean, they're this this tight. I mean, so much, and that's a problem. Well, it sounds like we're herky jerking everywhere, but the problem is every single one of these things is interrelated. There, you can't talk about one without the other. Right. Now, I'm going to give a, uh, an interesting statistic out there. Mm-hmm. In the year 1900, the approximate world population was about 1 billion people. Okay? Uh-huh. 1 billion. Right. In the beginning of the 1900s, we had World War I, followed by the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. followed by World War II, the rise mm-hmm. of communism, the Bolshevik Revolution, Mao. So before 1960, okay, if we calculate the death toll from communism, from war, from famine, illness, and disease, it's about right. a half a mil, uh, a half a billion people. All right. Right. So currently today we have eight billion people on the planet. 123 years later. Right. Statistically, in order for that to happen, with 1 billion people in 1900, over a half a, half a billion people, 500 million people perishing, okay, mm-hmm. and with the birth rates, so on and so forth, each right. person in the year 1900 would have to have eight children. Those children would have to have eight children, and those children would have to have eight children. Every That's single person on the planet in order for those numbers to work. Right. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. We're going to talk about this. This is going to be an interesting conversation. We'll be right back. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. 
Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skin care, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from responsible, environmentally conscious sources and provide chemical-free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back on the Dark Delight show. And we're talking about, well, something that's not talking about these days. The hidden history that many people don't usually know about. Don't usually hear about. Now, I was talking about this number that eight people, every person born in 1900 would have to have eight children. Those children have to have eight children, and those children have to have eight children in order to have eight billion people today. But wouldn't have been, it would have only been really about a third of the population that would have been viable females out of one billion. So that number actually becomes greater for each one of those women, doesn't it? So if we were just dividing it it between. It does. Yeah. So we, so we get so that number gets problem. bigger. So, so you're like at a, a three X all of a sudden of eight. Um, so you're you're telling me the women were doing you know ten to twenty kids per woman that was you know viable. Well, that's how about a this, lot. Jim? Now go into the literature in the late nineteenth century. Mm-hmm. What is one thing that almost every fiction writer wrote about? Was romance, wasn't it? Orphanages, orphans. Oh, well, yeah. Where were Tom all the parents? So- uh, Tom Sawyer, weren't they? Yeah. Was it he not? A, he we know it throughout the United well? States and throughout Canada. There was tons of orphanages throughout Europe. There was tons of orphanages. Where were all the parents? Right. Who was having all these kids, and why were they suddenly orphaned? There you go. Why were they suddenly orphaned? You know, I, I've looked into this quite a few times, and um. My theory, okay, is mm-hmm. that our history is is necessarily not what it's being told. And I've had a few different theories, and this is this is some far out there theories, people, okay? Number one, have you ever heard of the uh, the Paris catacombs, the French catacomb- catacombs? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the the millions of skulls and bones that were they're piled underneath there. Millions. So yeah, so the French catacombs Basically, what happened is during the Black Plague, 
they said that the cemeteries were overflowing. So the Jesuit priests began burning the bodies and cleansing the bones, and they took them down into the catacombs. And they arranged all the bones of all the people into art. So you'd have, like, all the femurs forming, like, different shapes and mounted on the walls, all the skulls. You, you guys can go check out pictures of it. Right. The problem that I have with this, Jim, is the catacombs spread well over 30 square miles. They've only excavated about three square miles. It's estimated that within that three square miles, there's about six million people with the bones, okay? Right. So if you do the math, three square miles, six million people, 30 square miles is a 10x, that would right. be, what, 60 million people. Right. Well, this is during the Black Plague. This is hundreds of years ago. Do you know the population of France, the whole country, during the Black Plague? It wasn't, it, well, it wasn't 60 million. It was 300,000. Do you know the population mm. of all of Europe during that time? Mm -mm. Three million. Hmm. So how do you have six million, just in three square miles, dead people in the catacombs and, just during the... who was the, piling all the, those bones up? Well, Think about the work, it takes. Who, the work it takes. The work it takes. So we have a conundrum here. Not only that is, think about all the underground tunnel systems throughout the world. Every major city in the United States basically has an underground tunnel system that's been there for thousands right. of years. Wow. Well, think about, I mean, if you had three million, let's say you had three million bricks to move, and you just need to move those from, let's say you had to move them 100 yards. How long, how many people would it take and how long would it take you to move those bricks and then restack them in, in, in all these, but who built the cat? So again, who built the catacombs to then be able to house all those bones and pieces, right? So there well, had to have been pre-work prior to that. Well, there you go. And so the catacombs, so if you go um, uh, like uh, in Turkey, there, there's catacombs in Turkey and they are massive. And not only right. are they catacombs that go in, but there's like housing little areas. There's like little huts inside, like places to mm -hmm. sleep. And it was like a city down there. Underneath Seattle, there's the same thing. Underneath New York City, it's the same thing. And right. so let's take this all into consideration. So, oh, oh, by the way, you go down to South America, right? And a lot of people say that this happened when the, uh, the, the Spanish came to South America and when they conquered it, they brought smallpox with them and completely annihilated the whole population. Now, this could be true, could not. But when they went down there, they said there was thriving cities of gold that spanned hundreds and hundreds of miles throughout the Amazon. And now we're finding the remnants of these cities actually buried within the deep forest of the Amazon. So... We're hearing stories of the people who went west of finding thriving cities within North America in the west. We hear the right. cities of uh, we hear the stories of the Spanish coming and finding thriving, massive, large cities within South America. We hear the same stories throughout Europe. We we start to see these pyramids that are covered up and all this other stuff. Well, what about the Grand Canyon, though? What about the entire, you know, Egyptian type city that's in the Grand Canyon that is actually still federally protected? You're not allowed to even go into the right, area. It's called the Temple where... of Isis. There was a yeah. 1901 Smithsonian Magazine article 
right. about the discovery of an Egyptian temple in the Grand Canyon. This this is no joke. This is real. Mm-hmm. Um, where they found various different art, uh, artifacts. They found hieroglyphic writing, all of yep. this stuff. And they estimated it to be multiple thousands years of age. And uh, it, some people actually, you, you can still find that magazine out there, but they came back and said, oh, we made a mistake. But if you people have done some research on this and, and, and you can find information about this, not only that is what about the uh, the the giant skeletons? Mm-hmm. So there's um, a, a lot of the bodies that were recovered from the Forbidden City and from other places in China. What they found is red haired white giants. Um, there are stories that are actually relatively recent, the last hundred years um, in Nevada of uh, various cave systems where they found red-haired, very tall giants. Right. Well, and this is the part where, okay, so we're just we're just talking about, like, and again, they're all so interrelated, but every bit of this is as someone's covering this up. Someone's purposely have gone out of their way to, you know, eliminate civilizations from those areas, eliminate the history from those areas, let, limit access to those areas. Uh, no different than the guy who was talking about the mammoth bones that they were dumping in the East River. I think we talked about this a few months ago, mm-hmm. that there was a guy that was, they were found so many mammoth bones, they were just dumping them in the river because they didn't want to have to process them. So there have been people even in bones. recent... It was other bones as well. There was human remains in there as well. Right. So this is, someone just makes a decision, and a quote-unquote executive decision, and we're just going to not talk about that. We're just going to flush that down the toilet. And so now that we're going back and trying to discover these things, well, this makes us the weirdos, right? Well, you're all, well, Jim, you're, you know, Josh, you guys are way off your, your rocker on this. You're just creating drama. It's not drama. The problem is, is why aren't you more curious? Why isn't the civilization more curious of why it is that they're hiding from us? And no different than the the, the Egyptian te- the the pyramids that were never been a sarcophagi, never been a a tomb for anybody. But everybody calls them a tomb. But yet we we're seeing that they were power generation stations. And then we're like, well, you can't have that. That's not real because they didn't have power back then. But then it's like, how can you say that? Uh, and so the idea that like even the Sphinx was covered up to the neck with with soil, and there's an entire you know civilization underneath there we're we're finding out so much and the the mud flood effects or what we want to call you know we've all could go back to biblical times or what that what you want to look at which religion they all have a type of cataclysmic worldwide flood and so how are those triggered and then why is it we're trying to cover this up and then why do we see the mud flood effects in the san francisco area or even back east or in canada where buildings, you know, seem to only be one or two stories above the soil, but then there's four or five sub basements to that, and and that's where we we've we've why is the lie? What what is it that they were covering up from the World's Fair to the Egyptian stuff, the the Grand Canyon, South America, Asia, all these other places? What are they hiding from us, and why is it so important that we they've dumbed us down to this point? So this is uh, this was my theory on. And this doesn't just come from me, uh, you know, speculating. This comes from two and a half decades of research into topics like this. Is that sometime in our past, something happened. Whether it was a great cataclysm, a massive flood globally, um, something happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, partly, I think that this planet was attacked. I, I honestly think that we were attacked by someone or something. Okay? Right. 
Um, the, the story that I've got is that there was uh, an outbreak, a parasite. Right. And the parasite infected the human being and would take them over control them kind of like uh, that uh, one show on hbo that's happening right now that everybody's talking about oh um the, la the last of us or whatever it is yeah the last of us right there, there was a parasite that took us over and uh it would basically removes all empathy all emotion and would go completely evil right and so the real well, yeah, this is where these stories come from. But we'll talk about more about this in a second. I, th I think this is going to be a conspiratorial type of show, but this will be fun. There you we'll go. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. For truth and freedom. AM 1040 Avon Rochester, FM 92.1 Rochester, and FM 95.5 Spencerport. Here's the latest forecast from the News 10 MBC Weather Center for today. A little bit of an icy start with some freezing drizzle and some light freezing rain out there. That'll taper off to just some flurries and a couple of little sprinkles this afternoon. Watch for some slick spots, though, early today. Temps will stay in the low 30s. Tonight, a few snow showers turning a little windy. Could be a dusting to an inch in the teens. And on Friday, a cold day near 20 with some snowflakes. I'm Rich Canelia, WYSL. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award. MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. Here's why smart, state-of-the-art Air & More Zone heaters are the best way to stay warm and save on your utility bills. Hear this from Air & More purchaser Andrea. This winter, our furnace quit, so we turned on our Air & More Comfort Deluxe Infrared Space Heater and returned to our relaxing evening all comfy cozy for two days as our furnace was replaced. The Comfort Deluxe is light enough for easy transport up and down stairs with no assist needed from my husband. Without this compact powerhouse of a space heater, we would have needed hotel rooms. The Comfort Deluxe proved to be one of our smartest purchases, especially for the price. So thanks, Aaron Moore. 
Remember, heat from Air & More Infrared is healthier. There's no combustion to dry out your nose, sinuses, and skin. With new copper PTC technology, there are no bulbs to replace ever. Save when you mention the promo code WYSL, buy direct, and get lowest prices anywhere on the web when you call 800-707-8725 or visit airtheletternmore.com. That's airtheletternmore.com. Winter adventures are yours in safety and luxury in your new ride from Victor Chevrolet. Check out these great lease specials. Get the all-weather capability of a 2022 Chevy Silverado LT Crew Cab for just $3.89 a month for 36 months. Must have a 2018 or newer Chevrolet lease in household. Residual price $35,842. Total of payments $13,896. 10,000 miles per year. Or the 2023 Chevy Equinox All-Wheel Drive LS. Only $2.29 a month for 27 months. Must have a 2018 or newer Lease in household. Residual price $19,552. Total of payments $6,183. 10,000 miles per year. These deals require $3,500 down. First payment at DMV at closing. Get more details at dealer. And don't forget, Victor Chevrolet has an unbeatable pre-owned selection. Whether you drive a Chevy or not, trust your vehicle to our Chevy certified service department. Come see how easy it is to do business with us. Find new roads at Victor Chevrolet, Route 96 and Victor. Visit VictorChevrolet.com. Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skincare, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from responsible, environmentally conscious sources and provide chemical-free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. I'm Stephen Nichols. Since 1984, Nichols has been a family-operated and trusted name for home service, where we provide plumbing and electrical installation and service. Nichols service technicians are background checked, and we build our company on world-class communication. Serving Monroe County and the surrounding areas, call 585-427-9310. That's 585-427-9310. Or visit NicholsEP.com. We would love to serve you in your home. Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery in Avon has it all. Specialty pizzas, mozzarella sticks, onion rings, even hamburgers and panini sandwiches, along with a full gluten-free menu. Take the family to Livingston County Pizza, where everyone can have their favorite. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. And we're talking conspiracy yes, theories. <laughs> and, and, and I think that this is an interesting one. I, I like this theory too because it, it it actually takes place in in popular culture as well. But the idea is that there was a thriving, highly advanced, technologically advanced civilization on this planet. Right. They were attacked most likely by um, tidal uprisals, so different types of weapons and tidal uprisals, mm-hmm. which caused massive tidal waves. And then what happened is so they were infected with this parasite and then tidal uprisings, right? Um, and they realized that this parasite only thrived in um, their blood because of their blood. And right. so what they did is they genetically altered themselves with a gene from the Reese's monkey, mm. creating RH positive blood. Right. 
of which the parasite wasn't able to latch onto, the parasite wasn't able to thrive in, and therefore the parasite began to die off since the people were, uh, you know, now genetically modified. But so I'm, this produced I'm massive a negative. Problems. What does that mean for me then? Well, it means that you, nothing, Jim. We're we're, we're oh, talking about a okay. theory. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so you have the Rh negative people, right? Mm-hmm. That obviously are still around, but then you have the Rh positive. So the Rh positives, basically, the virus starts dying off in them because it cannot stay within them. Um, and hmm. civilization starts to rebuild as this parasite begins to die off. But certain people choose not to let that happen. And this is where we get the idea of blue bloods. Ah. RH negative people who rule over everybody else. And it's believed that they were the ones that kept the parasites with alive within them. And they were smarter and more brilliant and all this stuff. As well as when they genetically modified themselves. They cut themselves off from what would be known as genetic memory, genetic lineage, in the sense is that we were more evolved and advanced as a human being as well before this happened. And this would attribute to, like, the fall from Eden, all this stuff, right? Right, right. Um, All the stories that we get within religion and, and within mythology. So here's one of the other problems, is if we're all RH positive now, And there's this problem between the blood, right, where two people can't reproduce and have a baby. Now you're going to have a population problem. So Uh, let's say that the population starts increasing again. Everything starts happening. Oh, by the way, you're going to have millions upon millions of, of bodies across the world that died in this cataclysm, that died from this virus, right, or this parasite. Now go to the French catacombs, 60 million people there. Wow. And then you have the, the mm. genocide of the indigenous people, right? You, you can find it throughout all history and start accounting for all the numbers. Um, but then now think about the World's Fair where they have baby incubators. Why would they need that? Because people were having a hard time reproducing and population was on a decline. Wow. I don't know. It's, it's just a theory. But there's a theory out yeah. there of Tataria, the Tatarian civilization. Right. Well, but that's a part where, you know, I was, my, my analogy is when two conspiracies touch, they become reality. And I think that's a, that's, a, that's a greater fact than we really want to be a lot of times because it goes against what our superstition well, on, and tradition. When two, when two conspiracies touch, they become reality. Hold on. Aliens and Fauci created AIDS. Tell me how, how that becomes reality. <laughs> no, when they touch in reality. I'm not oh, saying when okay. you just make them touch. You can't make people touch each other. That's that's not how that works, Josh. It's got to be through consent. Um, <laughs> no, it's the <laughs> it's the idea when you see those two come in they, and they touch and they, they're intertwined. You, you, you realize there's a lot more fact there than that. Um, but we have I, – I, we've I, – I, the sad part of this is is that we've <sighs> – how, okay, what is the answer? So what are we asking for when we're looking down through history of all this? Is it Are we asking for the truth? Are we asking to change our superstition tradition? Are we asking for to, so that we have a better future? Or are we doing this for the nanny nanny boo boo? I knew you were telling me a lie. Um, what, what does it end up doing to make us better in this time? Uh, we should know our history so we know where we're going. I get that analogy. Um, but why, but again, this whole thing of hiding it from us, uh, does this take away from the power? Because it seems like we're pretty lethargic, even when we know right in front of our face that they're 
they're doing the political prison thing already. Mm. Um, I, I really don't have an answer. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Right. The well, that's the sad is, part of it. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and the sad part of it is, is that we've we've got too many people that are lulled into their daily potato life of just sitting around and waiting for the next meal. But yet, you know, those of us like you and I are out there trying to push the envelope of knowledge and understanding and saying, listen, there's a lot more out there. There's a lot more to life than potato chips and cable. So what do we, you know, this is the part where I, I you, you can't motivate people unless they want to be motivated, unless they want to change or they want to do these things. But then when we do, where's the bottom of this bucket? Where are we going to find when we get there? Or is there a bottom of the bucket of this knowledge? uh of the the past history of like i've I've used the analogy of the snow globe like the big reset you know someone just resets the globe with a quick little shake uh, and you you kind of hinted around in some of those ideas with your with your explanation of things i mean where are we going with this and what and are we missing technologies are we missing that i mean or do we need to go back to the campfires and the log cabins well there's apparently a lot of different technologies that were on this planet during that time that uh we've lost so i i don't know man it's it's a good question but i i, I believe this deserves like a lot of investigation truly right is that legitimate the, investigation like right. legitimate like hardcore that meets the eye right well and why don't and why don't we i mean again i i oh, here's something i came up with and this is you know just an observation i said what if what did what if they actually have been rewriting history to be such a dullard subject and i don't you, you history scholars out there, don't start calling the phone and say you're a doll. Jim called me a dullard. What I'm saying is that they wrote it in such a way that it really makes it almost to where you don't want to investigate it. You don't want to read it. They wrote it to where it was very disinteresting. And then those people that end up teaching it become a very, you know, how many of your history teachers really made it exciting, made it interesting? They seem, tend to be the, the teacher that was kind of the, okay, everybody, turn to page 42. We're going to do less. You know what I'm saying? So what if that's how they've been doing the MK Ultra effect in our school books and that to where we've dullered ourselves away from it because how they wrote it, we didn't want to be interested in it. I find myself truly fascinated by our history now in ways that now I'm discovering new things that was never a, a part of the, the conversations in high school and college and and other places and now i want to do it but i'm not going back to the textbook to find it i'm finding it in a completely different way so what if that was an mk ultra effect of keeping us away from the history What's that? well and here's the thing is let me ask you this does does the institutions and governments lie to us right now about <laughs> the world and history and about life absolutely are they trying 100%. to change the definition of words and change the perspective of history right now? Absolutely, 100%. So who's to say that they haven't been doing this for hundreds, if not thousands of years? Oh, I think it's absolutely. You look at the Bible, the different years and different publications of the Bible. Everybody talks about the Bible being a fixed you know, fixed mark in life, and it hasn't been. It's been manipulated through King James and Queen Elizabeth and... And others, the the papacies, the the Catholics have done their their part to change things. I mean, think about we had people that went around the world yesterday and put ash on their forehead. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, what's in that? I don't know. We'll be right back with more Dr. Light Show after this.
Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. Now, Jim, Back. what do you think it's all about? Yeah. What, what, what do you think it is? I, I, I remember World War II. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I, the story I was told about World War II. I'm pretty sure you can find this somewhere. Is that Winston Churchill had just ordered the bombing of a German city. Right. Or a German town. that had a weapons factory in it. And his aide looked at him and said, Mr. Churchill, you cannot bomb that town. It, it has a school and there's men and women and children, innocent civilians down there. Right. What is history going to think of you, Mr. Churchill? And he takes a stogue off of his uh, cigar there and looks at the aide and says, my dear boy, history will think whatever we tell them to think, for it's the winners of the war that write history. Yeah. Well, here's a okay. So this goes back to um, different names of different cities and different people, and uh, there's a lot of towns that we call like we'll say you know Charleston, you know. Well, that's Charlestown, and yet mm-hmm. over time it became Charleston, and so you have this connection there, right? Where people through language pass that down. Well, the first person to ever write it down becomes the quote-unquote historian, right? 
and somehow we're living that version of that person's, you know, how they wrote it down of Charleston or, you know, different things that we know as like Yankees, Yankees, which was actually a slur. But yet we ca- we call the New York Yankees as if it's some type of enduring thing, but it was actually a derogatory term. Uh, and yet we're we still perpetuate that. The sad part of this is, is that I think a lot of the things that were initially either done through being naive or just it was just something that happened. A guy wrote it down as Charleston and he put it together or it was said together and they just wrote it as one word. And I'm not saying that's exactly how it happened, but it's a, it's a good analogy for now. Is the idea that a lot of this stuff got out of control and it, it was initially it was supposed to be this and then just left to its own it was created its own legs and wings and took off and flew and now it's completely out of control and and so there's different examples through even our our recent history of those kind of things where initially there was some things that were good but then it just never stopped and it kept evolving evolving like we have lgbtyq which is initially was gay rights back in the 60s and 70s and now is completely off the rails uh, a great example of that. How that's very similar to I think some of these other things where, you know, we're paying, we're still doing AMA according to the Rockefellers, which is the, the guy's been dead for a hundred years, and we're still doing the petroleum-based, you know, medicine when this guy is no longer funding it, quote unquote, no longer funding it. But we're still living that life. We're still living the superstition and tradition where this is how we've always done it, and this is why we've always done it, and so so don't dare change it. Does that make sense to you? Like I, I think a lot of this has to do with human nature of things. I agree. I think a lot of it has to do with human nature. Um, but I think that there's a conspiracy here somewhere. It needs to be uncovered. I mean, just think about it. Like, think about the world wars that occurred that changed mm-hmm. the shape. I mean, there, there were – I've seen interesting things pertaining to what Europe looked like before World War One, to where they had these massive power factories that – that utilize hydroelectric power and all this other types of stuff. And right. that their their government buildings right before World War One were in these old power stations that they used because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to replicate the power. And that all throughout right. Europe there was this this architecture that they didn't know how to reproduce. And during right. World War One and World War Two, all of it was decimated. Right. Uh, the, the idea that 369 uh, harmonics of the different windows that we've now put stained glass into where these were open port uh, you could say portals but open holes in the sides of the building that if you look at the geometry of those shapes and those things they weren't up there just for decoration they were actually functional and I think I even mentioned this uh, this week is that why, why do we get rid of all the bells what happened to all the bells that we used mm. to ring consistently and the harmonizing of those bells that, that, that the frequency that resonated with our bodies? We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you go back to the brass bells, which, again, brass and copper is actually a uh, antifungal, anti- antibacterial. It's a, it's a pure product that actually can be molded and, and tuned in a special way. But a lot of the, the bells that we have to, that have been put into storage, these were actually frequencies that tuned in with our body. No different than the med bed I use has uh, Tesla coils in it, and it matches the frequency to different parts of my body to heal those parts of my body. The same idea that these bells were will, were built in frequency, the Fresegio scale. The Fresegio scale is actually a very, very um, 
uh, powerful harmonic that actually can go in and do amazing cell regeneration and healing in your body and stress relief and other things like that, these bells were tuned to that. And that's why they had these multiples of bells in there to create those healing practices. But we lost the connection to that because we were told, you know, this goes back to the, the whole, you know, the the, the 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 I think the Friday the thirteenth was the was a huge, huge pivotal point in our, our world history where the crown and the and the and the church at the time conspired together to control the people, where they started pulling these healing practices out of the out of these different buildings and then putting churches in them according to what the papacy and the the crown at the time in those countries was doing. This is so interconnected, and the, the, the bells themselves, the tuning of those bells was very precise, and, the, and to do that was in real art. And when these guys would cast these bells, these were bell makers that really knew what they were doing, and yet we've now taken them out of all of our, our, of our all these buildings and no longer ring them. Why? Why is frequency being hidden from us, but yet we know frequency can heal us? And this is this is across the board. Everybody talks about frequency healing, uh, everything from uh, the Rife beds to uh, Beamer beds to uh, the the uh, MRS Prime beds. Those are all frequency based. Why are we well, finding that to be that? Royal Rife. Yeah, yeah. It, he found out that it's these frequencies actually help open up the vascular system in the brain to cause uh, you know to help with blood flow and healing and those kind of things. No different than acupuncture is not a needle, but a metal thread that then brings uh, the focus of the body to that area to then bring healing to that area. So if you're having a bad area, you the, 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 the thread is then inserted in your body so micro thin, your skin doesn't detect it going in and it, it brings energy to that spot. So it heals it for your kidneys, your eyes, your muscles, whatever it is. But yet this these are old would consider to be old technologies they're supposedly you know stuff that we would never do today because i'd rather have you cut me open and put me on put me to sleep mm -hmm. to do that but i did two years of acupuncture two years every monday for two years and i'm gonna tell you right now acupuncture if you have not tried it if you give it time and really work with it it, it does amazing i'm walking because of it i mean my three i have blown three the, the last three discs in my lower back i should probably have had surgery a decade or two ago and uh, I got into acupuncture for two years solid. Uh, I did that, and it's amazing. It was absolutely breathtaking to see what she was able to do with my body um, and just through little metal threads in certain parts around my vertebrae to allow me to function like I do today. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, The and, body and, healing know, itself. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, and it makes a lot of sense that is if you attune to the right frequency a healthy frequency if the cell is oscillating mm -hmm. it has a resonant frequency that is healthy and it has a, a dissonant frequency when it's sick and if you just tune it to something that's healthy it can function normally it can function correctly right. i was thinking about this last night is that we all have a level of cellular efficiency you know like right. in the sense of cellular metabolism and cellular um, respiration so there's a level of efficiency of how well your cells work um, and the right. decrease of that efficiency is how they are able to estimate when you're going to die. So, you know, you can like send your DNA and they'll tell you, hey, you're going to die oh, like yeah. this time. Right. So <laughs> yeah, I don't do want to do that. <laughs> well, they, the way they surprise. do that is they look at your, your body. They look at mm -hmm. they look at your cellular respiration and metabolism. They say, hey, look, you know, you're at 70 percent, which means that if you're at 70 percent and you're 40 years old and it looks like over the last three years, you've you know had a 5 percent decline. They just estimate that out and say, OK, well, it's going to be at this age. Well, here's mm -hmm. the thing. 
is imagine if your cellular efficiency is down to like 60%. You're half dead. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it behooves us to, to work on optimizing our cellular state, cellular metabolism, cellular respiration. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my buddy. My, my buddy actually is uh, in western New York. He's right. a coach and consultant in, in health. And uh, his name is Nathan Waltz, and we're gonna get him on. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get him a text and be like, you need to come on my show and talk to these people because this yeah. is what he's all about: is cellular optimization. The telomeres and stuff on your cell. There's all of these different things, but and but and this is this idea. This this is the one thing I love to tell people: you're not diabetic. You're insulin resistant. Chromium picolinate going into your system will actually soften the cell walls to allow the hormone of what we call insulin, to be able to move in and out of your cells so your cells process the sugar that's in your blood properly. But chromium picolinate allows that transfer to happen. But And if you're diabetic at all, you should be taking a, a soluble, insoluble fiber in the morning and in the evening or right before your meals, and then also taking chromium picolinate. And it took me about a month and a half, and I instantly started seeing the dropping of, of uh, uh, weight and I felt completely different taking chromium picolinate. And I, I could tell you, I thought I was hypoglycemic a lot. You know, I was having these, you know, drops in blood sugar and stuff. I have, I have felt myself being more balanced and more level in that area of my life than I have in 51 years. And I just started this journey with uh, chromium picolinate, what, four months ago? It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's out there. The answers are there for your body to heal itself. Oh, man. It's an amazing <laughs> world, Jim. And it's so many it mysteries to uncover. So, It's worth living. It definitely is worth living. I agree with that. All right, guys. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show tomorrow. Have a great day. Inside the Taylor Laboratories. Hey, Tony, what you doing? A little experiment, Zach. Look what I have under the microscope. Ugh, what's that? A sample of indoor air. How can it be that dirty? Don't AC and furnace filters help? Only 